0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Anthony's Nursing Podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different. It's going to get to know me a little bit better. So I'm going to pass you over to my host, Sam Fitzpatrick, who's a really good friend of mine, who we've done a previous podcast with, to ask me a few questions.
1: So this is a bit of a flip in the script. Um, Obviously, we've known each other a very long time and I've known you um in your career for a very long time so it's going to be quite interesting i think for others to get to know why you do what you do why you're so passionate and your future plans so yeah. to get started um why did you start this podcast um you know what what's the
0: reason behind it and, and what do you hope it can achieve so the reason i started this podcast really um it's been something i've been thinking about for quite a while now and I, I, also, I have a lot of conversations with people about nursing. As you know, I'm very passionate about it. And I thought for the discussions that I am having, um, I might as well record them really and, and let other people listen to them because I like people to have a voice in nursing. And if if we can get messages out to people and they can think about subject subjects that they want to talk about... Um, and this is from. I like to get student nurses involved, and because I've not long been there myself, see what they go through. Um, you know, chief nurses. Um, I, I wanted to do it really just to get to get some more of a um, a voice out for nurses really, and and healthcare staff. Mm-hmm. So
1: obviously, like I said, I've known you a long time, I've known you since before you were nursing, so it's quite a recent thing for you, so for people who maybe aren't so familiar with yourself that are listening, what is it that you've done before nursing?
0: So before nursing, um, as you know yourself, when I left school, I left school with not many qualifications, Mm -hmm. struggled all the way through with my dyslexia, didn't really know what to do with myself. the options I was given at school, really, were either get kind of a dead-end job or you go into the building trade. So, <laughs> decided to go into painting and decorating. Mm-hmm. So, I did that for three years. That was a really tough time for me, as you know yourself, Sam, mm-hmm. um, with the way things went during them three years. But um, I did that and then I worked for myself for, for the next five years after that because when I finished my apprenticeship, the recession hit in 2010. Mm. So I didn't really have a choice but to work for myself. So as like a nineteen year old kid, I started out on my own and learned so many skills. Um going through that by myself, I learned my business skills, my finances, um, had a few people working for me at different times, so learned how to manage people as well. Mm-hmm. Um so, but it was something I never really wanted to do forever, and I was always thinking, "What can I do?" Mm. But I never knew really. I was always interested in nursing because my mum's a nurse, but I never thought I'd be able to do it really. But um, yeah, that's that's where it all started, really.
1: So then that kind of leads me on to you, you kind of touch on it, but how on earth do you go from you know the building trade, working for yourself successfully to? starting afresh and starting nursing and going back, you know, going to university and stuff like that?
0: It was a massive thing, really. Massive decision because, like I said, I'd already, already been interested in it for a, a few years because of my mum, but never thought I'd be able to do it. But I was making quite a lot of money um, from my decorating business, so I didn't really want to give it up. Um, My mum was running a 112-bed a nursing Home at the time in Accrington. She stuck. She took me for a look round and see if you like the place and maybe there'll be an opportunity to have a bit of work experience or something. See if I like it. Mm-hmm. I went round and I loved the place and I thought it was amazing what they did. But it scared me to death. Really, for I, thought, I can't do this. You know, like, yeah. I yeah the decorator like, I can't do this like, I can't work with people Just work used to working on my own yeah. Um, yeah a few things happened after then in the coming years and really it was my final push was looking after my auntie in the hospital in London yeah. one day me and my mum and dad went um, and as you know my sister Caroline already lives there so she was there but um, the first time I went and I saw my auntie Barbara, I was, I was quite upset, not going to lie, because I'd not seen her for a while, and, and she was in the last few days.
1: Yeah.
0: And then um, we went back a couple of days later, just me and my dad, and my dad was struggling, my sister was struggling, and there was all the family members there struggling as well, so I just thought I'd look after my auntie the best I could, and I felt, because I've seen it before, I felt like I could deal with it better, and yeah. I'm lucky that I've, been, I've I'm quite a tough person because of what I've been through in my earlier years, um. But yeah, I just looked after the best I thought I could, and it was actually the nurses said to me, "There, are you a nurse?" I said, "No, no, I'm just just a decorator. I've like, never done this before." And he said, "Well, you should you should think about it really, because you seem like a natural." Mm-hmm. And then uh, my sister and my dad were saying, you're really good. You know, you're just like your mum. You're so calm and you really look like you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I still really didn't think anything of it. And then I went out of the room for a few minutes later on. And uh, there was this there was this young lady looking into the room and she started talking to me, mm-hmm. and telling me everything about her fears is she going to end up looking like my auntie did and, and things like that, it's about her, her fears of dying and things. Yeah. And I really didn't know what to say to her because uh, I didn't really expect that. But I just said what I thought was right and listened to her. Um, I had a chat for about 10 or 15 minutes with her and she said she felt a lot better after it and thanked me and things. Yeah. I came back into the room and my sister said to me, Because she'd been there every day for the past two weeks, my auntie had been there. And she said, that that lady has been looking into Barbara's room every day. And she's not spoken to anyone. And she's come and spoken to you. So does that not tell you something? Why come and pick you? So I thought, yeah, she's probably got a point. So I'll try this. So I um, spoke to my mum and said, I I, want to give this a go, see if I like it. So she got me in touch with um, Susan Jones of Bushell House in Goosener in Preston. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sorted out a day's volunteering there. Um, and I remember on the first day of that, I was, I was nervous because I didn't know if I could do the job. But I remember after an hour of that, I texted my mum and she still says it now. You texted me and said, I absolutely love this and i knew from then i didn't care about my, my money from my business i just wanted to do this job and work with people yeah. um, and from that really they offered they offered me a full time job mm-hmm. i was there for a few months and worked really hard to do my qualifications um about 8 months and then i, I moved to a, a nursing home for a bit more experience um and then really I got onto my nursing quicker than I thought I would. Um, th- there was a new course at Bolton University uh, and I applied for the Open Day. And they actually offered me an interview just from applying for the Open Day. Um, it went really quick and I was basically on the course within a couple of weeks, which was amazing. Yeah. Um,
1: Brilliant. So obviously we've heard a bit there about you know where you've come from and stuff but obviously you, you kind of alluded to it that there were challenges along the way but what kind of challenges and obstacles have you faced kind of on that that path?
0: So as you know I suffer um, quite badly with my dyslexia mm-hmm. so that was a, a massive thing and really from going from a building site and working for myself to then working with people and working for someone was also a challenge, really, because I used to do my own thing and um, managing myself, really. Um, So that was a challenge. But the biggest challenge for me was academically, really. mm -hmm. Um, Because when I'd had my experience at Bushell House and, and the Sue Rider nursing home, I knew I could do the job. And I'd never had a bad word said about me, really. It was all really good. And Everyone was saying, you know, you're really good and you're you were you natural and stuff and so I just knew I had to get through the academic side. Um mm. and I'll be alright then after after I got got my nursing. So there was a lot of obstacles at uni for that, writing essays which I'd never done before. Um and I got I got some support which was good, but I really had to graft and just put my head down really for three years and and worked really hard and and because of the sacrifices I had to make i did I did lose friends and things as you know um doing it and but it's totally worth it and i I'd, I'd say to anyone who who struggles just there's help there, so if you really want to do it mm. work really hard and it's, it's it's worth it definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of touch on it then, but in terms of your degree, obviously the, the level of work and, like you said, the academical side of it is can be really tough. You know, yeah. filtering in that, obviously, adding your dyslexia to that as well. What was it? The assignments? Was it the the lectures and the notes and stuff? What 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 was there anything that stuck out as the hardest part of, of dealing with your dyslexia whilst doing your degree?
0: Yeah, it's probably the the assignments to be honest, because I didn't have a clue how to do them. Um, Remember the first one they said you can write it in the first person, so I thought, Oh, that might be a bit easier. But after that, it was always in the third person and referencing different okay. things. I thought, Oh, what, what have I got myself into here? I don't, I don't have a clue how to do this. Um, yeah. but obviously, the uni gave me support, which was good. Um, and I got a lot of support from my mum and uh, my wife, Sam, as well, which was brilliant. I never I'll always be grateful of that help. But um, I also struggle with my exams, like um, the medicine management exams, doing the calculations for drugs. That mm. I had a few attempts at that um, each, each year, really. We had to do one each year. I think first year you had to get 70%, second year 80 then third year 100% and on every one. I failed it first time. Um, I think on my third one, I I think I got it on my third go, but I had to get some extra support for that. But now I've got it, it's, it's fine. But that was a, a big thing. And also in my second year, when my dad got diagnosed with cancer, that was around the same time as the exam then. So that made it even tougher. And I had a lot of support from... The clinical tutors, um, Kerry and Annie, mm. kept me through that exam, because they knew I could do the job and they always said that they were I was one of the best students they'd had. So it was just a matter of getting through the academic side and then, then I'll be all right once I've qualified.
1: Yeah. So a little more, uh, on a more of a positive note, I guess, we'll, we'll step away from the obstacles and the challenges, but more <laughs> so now... Nursing, what's your motivation in nursing? Where does it come from? What? Why is it you do what you do and why are you so passionate about it?
0: Well, as soon as I went into into care, really, I just wanted to help people. And that, mm. that was all I cared about. I didn't care about the money or anything like that. I just wanted to help people. And I always remember on my first day at the end of the shift, the senior carer said to me, Thanks for all your hard work today, Anthony. I was like, I've never, no one's ever said thank you to me at work before. Like, I couldn't believe it, and that's part of it. I loved as well, but throughout the day as well, um, the residents saying thank you for your help, thanks for helping me, and and I just got a real buzz off people saying thank you and being being able to help people. Um, really, and my motivation. Is to carry on helping people and improving practice throughout my career, um, just to make a difference. And eventually, I want to work so I can make a, a difference on a on a lot bigger scale, nationally, um, to make a wider difference. Really, but yeah, I just I just want to make a difference. I, you know, me. Um, that's all I'm bothered about myself. It, sorry, it's not about me. It's about um making a difference for other people and yeah, and having the skills to be able to do that, working hard to get them and keep improving myself with qualifications and things and and get into a position where I can make a massive difference.
1: Obviously, yeah. Also you've kind of started that journey and obviously the field and the area that you're in at the moment is is vital. Um so, you tell the people who are listening a little bit more about the area that you're currently working in um, and, and how you're making a difference there?
0: Yeah. So, the area I chose to go straight into after qualifying was the hospice setting, so into palliative care, which um, a lot of people said maybe you should start on a hospital ward um, first before going into that because it's a tough environment. But I thought I'd be able to... Uh, manage it okay and so I went to Wheatfields Hospice from qualifying in Headingley in Lee and Leeds um, so it's, it's about looking after people um, at the end of their lives and also people coming for symptom management, pain management, things like that. Um, it's also supporting the families and relatives and friends um, through the journey they're going through as well which uh, a part of it I really enjoy Um, it's a really technical job, there's a lot of speciality involved in it, Um, so I've learnt an awful lot in my first about 15 months since qualifying Um, so yeah, I I love palliative care and I I see myself staying in it for a while and I like to progress um, in palliative care and in the hospice setting uh, but obviously, I'm open to other things in the future, and suppose, suppose being in a hospice now is just part of my my nursing journey, really, to to where I want to get to in the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, can, kind of continuing that theme, then, where is it you think you can get to in your nursing? You know, and what is it? Kind of touched on it before, but what is it you'd like to achieve once you're at your pinnacle, wherever that may be?
0: Yeah, so I think in terms of where I want to get to. Um, like I've spoken about, I want to make the biggest difference I can. Mm. So I've learned from people I've been working with over the past year that that means kind of stepping away from the patients as well to see the bigger picture and how different things work in different environments. So eventually I'd like to work in a national role and, and be able to make a difference nationally in all settings. I think I can achieve. I can achieve uh, better patient outcomes and and relative outcomes and experiences. Um, I can. I, I believe that I can really make a difference in nursing and and with what I learnt so early on at, at Bushell House, the the basics of the job are the most important. Like the way we speak to people and communicate with people, and I want to get my passion across about person-centred care into the way that nursing is and I think in years to come we can make nursing a really like a job that a lot of people want to go into and think you know I I want to go into that Um, and because also from like my story of being dyslexic and things like that we can use that as not anything to do with me but just to encourage more people to think you know if they they have their struggles with dyslexia or or whatever else Mm. then we can go out there and make a difference as well and that's the way I want people to think about nursing then if you really want to do a job like that then then you can do it because you just need to work hard and um but yeah I'd really like to improve um patient care and and things like that going forward and make a big difference
1: yeah well that kind of leads us very nicely into the last question really you kind of touched on it a little bit but could you go into more detail about your your national projects and the stuff you want to implement nationally that i know that you're working on with some amazing people could you delve into that a little bit
0: yeah so i've started well it was really before i went into care i was um working as a decorator in a care home and I was seeing some bad practice and bad language used towards residents and things and the way they they were communicated across to people. And even back then it was making my blood boil and thinking, Oh, you know, I shouldn't be speaking to them like that. I, I wouldn't like my grandma or granddad being spoken to like that and yeah. um in my nursing um, degree, in about the first year, I just sat down one night and started writing my ideas down um, how, how I could improve this because I thought, basically, no one's going to take me seriously unless I'm a qualified nurse and I know what I'm talking about. So I wrote all my ideas down. I was making posters every single night, like along with me, other, other work i was just writing my idea, writing my ideas down and, and getting getting my thoughts together of what how i could improve this um did a little made a little presentation on on powerpoint about person-centered care the values of it and what it is and different examples of how we speak to people like i said in previous podcasts about say, not calling people by their bed numbers, you know, calling them by their name and yeah. say, assisting them with the dinner instead of feeding them, things like that. And I wanted to get that across. Um, so just before I qualified, really, I, I made a Twitter account and I followed a few of the national nursing team and a couple of them followed me back. Um one of them was Susan Atkinhead, she's the deputy chief nurse of England. Mm-hmm. And um, she followed me back and I thought, Well you don't get anywhere, I thought, if you if you're not cheeky. So <laughs> <laughs> so I messaged her and said, Thanks for your following. I've I'm working on this project at the moment. Would you be interested in in having a chat about it? And not not really expecting a reply. Um replied straight away with her email address saying, obviously, can't promise anything, but let's have a chat. So um, last November, we had um, a meeting in Leeds with her and Kareem Power, um, who's her deputy, and we talked about this this work I could do. Um, I was a bit nervous about the meeting, but I thought I had an idea it might go all right. Um, and yeah, they they offered me all sorts from it to take this work forward, um, to make it into a national program when it's all finished. So about some training in in all healthcare settings in the UK to make to just to get people thinking about the way we speak to people and our patients and how we treat them, and and always. Having the person-centered care approach to to every situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. So from this, we've um, created a film which was released last uh, in February, which is available on YouTube and Twitter and things. Um, and currently, I am doing some further work now around teaching my person-centered care uh, presentation doing some learning sessions and getting people to think about how we do things. Um, So if anyone listening to this is interested in me delivering that, then you get in touch with me on Twitter. Um, But yeah, it's something I'm so passionate about. And I believe, and Susan and Kareen and her team believe that we can, we can take this nationally and it's going to work because it is the basics of nursing but it's so important and every, every nurse really is on the same wavelength about it when they come to thinking about things because we're all in the job for the, the same reasons really to make a difference and look after our patients so mm. it makes sense. and mm. um, It's obviously been a great opportunity for me um, past 12 months I've I've met all sorts of interesting people at these events that I've been invited to as well um, so that's been great and made a lot of good contacts and um, going forward I've got Karina as my mentor which is brilliant she's fantastic so I have regular contact with her and Susan and yeah I think if anyone's keen on, on doing things like this, I'd encourage you to use social media. Yeah. It's got its ups and downs, but yeah, it's it's a positive thing for me, and it's a good way of being able to get your message out um, of what you're passionate about. And yeah, I think this this project is really exciting, and hopefully, it'll be finished in the next few months, and we can start delivering it out out there.
1: Brilliant. Well, that kind of uh, wraps it all up. I think we know now where you've come from, where you are currently, how you got there and obviously the bigger picture onwards and beyond. Yeah. So thank you for that.
0: Well, thank you.